0: And load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show.
1: Well, I'm back in Des Moines. And as Robin Leach once said, I don't know why. Why? Why didn't I just stay in Dallas? Why why did I? Why did I come back here? Why? Family. You have any better reasons? (laughs) By the way, happy birthday, Noah. My little man's 12 today. True story, he's 12 today. So, and uh, not coincidentally, I have lost my father of the year award
2: that I've never won. You never made it this deep into February before anyway. That's right.
1: Greetings and welcome to the place for family values. This is the place. Live and on demand, 888-933-93. I am Steve Dace, wondering why I live here right now. 888-933-93. I am Winter's female dog, apparently. Uh, Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening on the podcast or on Blaze Radio today, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We got a ton to get to. Uh, including getting you updated on what happened
3: while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the best argument yet. We may be indeed living in purgatory.
1: Well, I took my first yoga class today.
3: Virginia Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax faced another allegation of sexual misconduct. This time, he's being accused of rape by a classmate of his at Duke The accuser says she's not seeking any reparations and claims she has multiple text communication threads shortly after the event, which proves her case. What's odd about the statement from her lawyers, though, is the accuser says she has discussed the alleged event, which she says happened in 2000, with friends on Facebook, which hadn't even been invented yet. Anywho, things continue to go well for Virginia Democratic leadership this weekend.
0: I know this has been a very difficult week for you in the state of Virginia. So, where would you like to begin?
4: Well, it has been a, a difficult week. And, and, you know, if you look at Virginia's history, we're now at the 400 year anniversary. Uh, just 90 miles from here uh, in 1619, the first uh, indentured servants from Africa landed on our shores in Old Point Comfort, what we call now Fort Monroe. And while. Also known as slavery.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty hard, pretty challenging, but I kind of figured out it's not about me versus the world. It's trying to get the most out of what I've got. Remember the State of the Union? North Korea, under the leadership of Kim Jong-un, will become a great economic powerhouse. He may surprise some, but he won't surprise me because I have gotten to know him and fully understand how capable he is. North Korea will become a different kind of rocket, an economic one. And that's... uh
1: Stay patient, don't get frustrated, and I got to continue.
3: Today, Elizabeth Warren, sometimes referred to by me as Pocahontas, joined the race for president. She will run as our first Native American presidential candidate. Or has she decided that after 32 years, this is not playing so well anymore? See you on the campaign trail, Liz. Trump mocks Warren with apparent reference to Trail of Tears, which killed thousands. Oh, oh, we haven't even talked about the Green New Deal yet. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who is definitely just a fixation and obsession of the right-wing media, even though Netflix just signed a deal with her to produce a documentary on her, proposed legislation she's been teasing ever since she got into office called the Green New Deal. She put on her website a helpful list of frequently asked questions contained therein were things like her plan to gut and rebuild every building in America. Marky, her Senate colleague, league who's co-sponsoring the bill and cortez want to quote unquote retrofit every building in america with state-of-the-art energy efficiency end quote eliminate air travel the green new deal calls for building out quote high speed rail at a scale where air travel stops becoming necessary to which hawaii senator Mazie hirono remarked how difficult that would make things for hawaiians free money the green new deal aims to provide and we're not making this up Economic security, end quote, for all who are, quote, unable or unwilling, end quote, to work. The legislation, along with its many endorsees, became the laughingstock of last week, and the Frequently Asked Questions page I just referred to was quickly scrubbed from Ocasio-Cortez's website. But not to worry, though, when you don't know the difference between an innie and an outie, and you're advocating aborting all the things, lying really isn't that much of a
5: stretch. Do we ever pay people who are, quote,
0: unwilling to work, uh, I we we never would right, and, and AOC has never said anything like that right. I think you're referring to some sort of document that some I think some doctored document that somebody other than us has been circulating.
5: Oh, I thought that came right from her. That was in the background or from her office, is my understanding.
0: No, no, she's actually tweeted it out to laugh at it. If you look at her latest tweets, it seems that apparently some Republicans have put it out there. I don't know the oh, well, details. Oh, Well, then, then thank you for correcting me. I mean,
5: because it, yeah. like, it seemed a little ridiculous almost as ridiculous as the idea that we're going to build enough light rail to make Airplanes unnecessary, which I think actually is
0: from the uh, I, plan, don't, I, I, I don't know where you got that e- either, Tucker. I, I actually believe that you're actually on our side about this. If you actually read the actual plan, right, there's nothing about well, I, getting I rid haven't. of anything. It's about expanding many options, right? I mean, there are many, many things we want to be able to do now in addition to what we already do. So, what's, so where's the airplane disappearance coming from? I'm not really clear on where um, that originated Well,
5: I could actually get it for you. This is that would be great. Uh, frequently asked questions that. released by her office. And I'm quoting from it. And yeah, maybe yeah. this, maybe this is fraudulent. In which case, I hope you'll correct me. Mm-hmm. But it says that the Green New Deal would, and I'm quoting, totally overhaul trans and that would mean, quote, building out high-speed rail at a scale where air travel would stop becoming necessary. Hawaii Senator, senator Mazie Hirono responded to that by saying mm-hmm. that would be hard for Hawaii. So I don't think that's made up. The but senator from no, Hawaii No, no, no. But, but I mean, it, it's, it's,
0: it apparently is being misunderstood, right? We're really talking about expanding optionality here. We're not talking about getting rid of anything, right? We're talking about basically making it cost-effective to move into more modern forms of technology.
3: Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez accidentally released a document that supported paying Americans unwilling to work, and conservatives attacked her for it. Elon Omar is calling for the Department of Homeland <laughs> Security to be funded. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. The El Paso Zoo is promising to name a cockroach after your ex and feed it to their meerkats on Valentine's Day. They said it couldn't be done, but they did it. They did it.
1: Change is really good. It keeps you young has you looking into
3: the future. And finally, the perfect metaphor of America in the 21st century. What we're watching is a video of three men appearing to live in abject squalor. Two of the men are arguing with each other with great passion about an unknown subject, while the third man is struggling in the background to wear sweatpants as a shirt. This goes on indefinitely with no sign of any resolution. God help us. And that's what happened Well, we were away.
1: <laughs> I still think that guy's smarter than John Kasich. <sighs> <sighs> eric's <laughs> montage is brought to you by our friends at uh, real estate agents i trust are you thinking of buying or selling a home this year then you want to check out real estate agents i trust a company glenn beck and his team started a few years ago because they were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but in the end couldn't figure out whether or not the sweatpants went below the waist or on top of their heads and the good thing about real i trust.com is a lot of these referral services are about finding clients for the agents In this case, it's about empowering you, the client, to find the right agent. It's not foolproof, nothing this side of Eden is, but it's a pretty good start to getting there when someone says, hey, I voluntarily want to be scrutinized. I'm voluntarily owning myself up for a vetting, as all the agents that are part of the network at Real Estate Agents I Trust have done. So if you want to buy your home for the right price this year, check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com agentsitrust.com. We're going to talk more about what happened on Friday with the green energy uh, deal, uh, dream, the reaction, the lies. Uh, We're going to talk more about that uh, on the roundtable later today at The Blaze because what you're watching is the truth is coming out that this has never really been about for most of these people. I'm sure there are some really committed uh, climate people. But from a political standpoint, this isn't about climate any more than it's about racial justice, any more than it's about social justice. Again, there may be some committed people that really believe in those causes. But they are um, they're, they're means to an end for, a, for the implementation of a broader vision. And we're going to talk about that coming up today on the roundtable. Um, let's go to Virginia. The story that seemingly will not go away. And I saw, I, I saw some of this while I was in Dallas. And I, I corrected the record on this on Twitter. And I want to do it now on a, on a bigger platform here on The Blaze. There are some similarities, All right. And and Aaron pointed these out in his one of his montages last week. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Fairfax has hired the exact same uh, defense firm that Brett Kavanaugh hired. Correct. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Miss Tyson, who is his original accuser, has hired the same legal team that Christy Blasey Ford had. That's correct. All right. So I I get that it seems like we're doing the time warp here again. But I want to make sure we don't let the Democrats off the hook with that. Because these cases aren't the same. They're not morally equivalent, really, at all. And let me explain why. We went through seven FBI background checks. The the local police department there um, in Maryland investigated this on a couple of different occasions as well. And it was never even established that Brett Kavanaugh knew Christy Blasey Ford. It was never even established they had any connection whatsoever when I pointed this out on Twitter, I, the first reply I got from somebody was, "Well, she has friend. She had a friend who said that they knew each other." Well, if by that logic, you know, I do a show every day with Kurt Schilling. Maybe the guy who, next to Don Larson in his perfect game, pitched the most. It's the most famous pitching performance maybe in World Series history, and he owns it—the bloody sock game. This guy's to be in. He's gonna be in Cooperstown, three thousand Ks. Multiple World Series champion. He knows a heck of a lot of famous people. By that extension, then, I know them, too, because he knew them. That, that's not that, that this isn't a Kevin Bacon game. We're not playing six degrees of separation. We're deciding whether or not to end somebody's life, essentially, or not. Which, by the way, if they're guilty of sexual assault, I'm totally fine doing Literally. I'm not talking about like just a shunning. I'm talking about room temperaturing. That's what, I mean, I think, it's a, I think it's a capital offense is what I think sexual assault is. So I'm, I'm totally fine with busting out the Leviticus on sexual assault. But if we are going to do it, we need something other than I can't remember really anything, let alone when it happened, and I'm not even really sure where, and I can't tell you how I got from the place where it occurred to my house. I can't tell you that either. And I don't know why I never told my parents or anybody. I, I'm going to need more if we're going to end somebody's life. Which I'm fine with doing if you have more. Totally fine with it. But she didn't have any corroborating evidence on any level whatsoever. It's not the same thing. In this case, and we're not even we don't, let's not even bring in the second accuser yet. In this case, Ms. Tyson and Mr. Fairfax agree that they know each other. In this case, Ms. Tyson and Mr. Fairfax agree a sexual exchange took place. We are way beyond Christy Blasey Ford and Brett Kavanaugh with this. Way beyond it. He's not denying he knows her. He's not denying they had a sexual relationship. They're denying the nature of it. Was it consensual or not? Is this something she consented to, as he claims, or did he violently force her head down to perform oral sex against her will to the point of gagging her and essentially choking her, as she claims? They're not the same. And this is, again, sometimes where our movement in our industry loves the low-lying clickbaity fruit, and we step on our own phallus here and cut our own noses off to spite our face. They're not the same. Whatever anticipated judicial disappointments I'm expecting from Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. As a human being, Brett Kavanaugh deserves better than that. They're not the same. We went through seven FBI background checks, 17 hours basically of live televised uh, hearings on national television or whatever it was, 12 hours, 8 hours, whatever it was. Local police investigations, no actual connection between Brett Kavanaugh and Christy Blasey Ford was even ever established through all of that. Let alone Kavanaugh saying, yeah, we had sex. She just wanted it. It's not the same thing at all. It's not the same thing at all. And I want to make sure that point is stressed, gentlemen, and made very clearly. Because the case, if we, if we, what'll happen is if we don't make that point, and if we all just do the funny, ha, 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 2019, y'all, what'll happen now? And and you see it with the second accuser. Well, this is just, what's next? Uh, You know, he ran rape rooms because this is the whole Kavanaugh thing, and just the right is. No, 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 no. The credibility, in my opinion, of the second accuser really isn't even relevant to this case right now. Because they both agree, Ms. Tyson and Mr. Fairfax both agree, we know each other, we had a sexual exchange. So that's where we stop now, and we investigate what actually happened here. Because they're both admitting to the material facts of the case. The difference is in the interpretation of those facts and events. In the Kavanaugh case, we got seven FBI background checks. Seven. We even paused after the, after the whole day of hearings, if you'll recall, for the seventh FBI background check to take place. Do you remember this? The White House ordered another one. No connection between Brett Kavanaugh and Christy Blasey Ford to this day has ever been established. But Todd, in this case, there's a clear connection. They both own up to it. They clearly had a sexual encounter. They both own up to it. The cases are not the same. We should not let that narrative uh, become, get established.
2: Well, of course not. The time you just spent no doubt will be uh, ignored by all. On all sides, I mean, the, you just see what's happening as we now that hashtag 2020 is in the room and you are about to get to that here uh, after I'm done talking. I mean, sanity is just simply not on the table and the degree to which we have all allowed ourselves to have license to ruin other people's not lives in the place of politics is just getting warmed up, brother.
1: And uh, I still, by the way, despite the fact there is material evidence. Linking the two, I still believe in innocent until proven guilty. Now, that's different. That's a criminal standpoint, not a political one. I mean, you could make, if if Virginia Democrats decide the baggage of carrying him with these allegations is too hefty and he has to go, well innocent until proven guilty doesn't necessarily apply to the political side of things like it does on the criminal side of things and he's been offered a chance and again i'm only focusing on the first allegation because there is a definitive link established between those two he's offered no counter narrative to this other than she wanted it so This is now where you need to start looking at corroborating witnesses. Did she tell this? How many other people did she tell this tale to? Do the details line up? Things of that nature. Um, But we had a discussion last week. How much of an impact, and we even talked about this on Friday, this was going to have on Democrats. I really think we need to reevaluate our cynicism on this. There, there is no path to the presidency without Virginia. Well, let me rephrase that. There is a limited path to 270 electoral college votes without Virginia for the Democrats. It's, it's, it's a must-have. Pretty close to it for them. We are in a situation now where the white governor, who is now in, in, in what was supposed to be his make-good interview, is referring to slaves as indentured servants and has to be corrected by the interviewer Gail King, who started out that interview the most conciliatory, yep. sympathetic way it's she possibly could. And then he still and he, and he still can't. He still can't take advantage of the situation. And, if, and inevitably, she's got to correct him and say, "You're talking about slaves." Well, yeah, slaves. The white guy's going to stay, but the black guy with no convictions is going to go. Oh. okay, Uh, nah, this will not, this is not going to be contained if that's how this story ends. Absolutely not. This violates every, this is, it's a terrible analogy, but I think it makes the point I want to make. This is the Boston Globe's original story on the sex abuse scandal of the Archdiocese in Boston. And then it metastasizes because it goes to the overall state of things in that in, in that ecclesiastical sphere. Intersectionality is an ecclesiastical sphere to these pagans. This is their church. This is this is this is this is like they are one archdiocese, one of the main ones in a battleground state that Democrats have, are, are about to finish taking over. Republicans have a narrow majority in a legislature they've controlled for a long time. And Democrats are on the verge of just making this a totally blue state now. And the white guy governor is going to stay when he still foobars his make good interview. But the black guy with no criminal convictions is going to go. Folks, I'm just telling you That's not that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. But that's the way it's trending right now. And if it goes down like that, their base is not. Well, that leftist base, because we've always talked about there's two Democratic bases. That leftist Democratic base. They're not like us. They're not they're not just making they, they they don't just want a really cool speaker for Liberty's convocation ceremony next week. No, 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 no. Ferguson, much? That. Oh, no. That, if that's the way this goes down, whatever you thought Trump's odds of winning Virginia in 2020 were, quintuple them. Sextuple them. That, that cannot, that, the dude will not abide that. That, that is anathema. To their religion. And I think we were I think we were on our panel Friday, and this is the point I was trying to make, but it's even blown up all the more now since we had this conversation on Friday. This is a cancer in that party and it's metastasizing right now.
3: Talk about the metastasizing. If you don't think that there are thirty right wing or maybe just I don't know, enterprising journalists journalists for whatever uh, whatever that term means anymore. If you don't think that there are thirty of them at least going through every single Democratic governor and lieutenant governor's high school and college yearbooks right now, uh, I've got a piece of beachside property in Siberia to sell you because that's happening.
1: Listen, they're on TV over the weekend, Todd. They said one of their one of their one of their officials said, "Well, the reason they're not pressuring the AG to go is because his job would be taken over by a very conservative Republican." Yeah. Whose cultural issues we don't agree with, so because he's a racist, he he that racist gets to stay because we don't like who the Republican. So now you're going to say the white racist is going to stay too, the second one's going to stay and the black guy's going to go. Oh, dude, no.
2: I, oh, I know, but let me. It's not quite a pushback, but uh, devil's advocate. We, it, well, uh,
1: and that and. World. Yes. And that's yes. literal
2: in these cases. But when you, I know, I, I, I'm i with you when you say no, no, no. But we just saw on the Green New Deal, you're going to talk about it later, but that guy, Art, Funk, Art Garfunkel's son or whoever that was, the comfortability with which he will just brazenly yeah. lie and spin and contort or temporarily ignore intersectionality combined with the fact, and listen, I had a vision of you this weekend. You know that scene in Dunkirk, which is not a great movie, but a powerful scene when they're on the beach in the beginning and the one soldier is just done and he wanders out into the surf? Mm-hmm. Sunday morning when we're getting this snow that you're hating so much and I get on Twitter, get up, get my coffee um, uh, before uh, going to mass and I see Trump just midnight trolling um, several of the gals running for president. I, I, I envisioned you just getting up from your kitchen table, walking out into the snow and never coming back. <laughs> because that's,
1: that's the other side of this coin, brother. It is. It is. I agree. But here's the issue with the intersectionality thing. The lies are supposed to benefit the most favored classes. They get away with the lying and the obfuscations. Okay. So we've got two. There's a story going on in college sports right now where two quarterbacks are transferring, one to the school the other one used to be at, and another one away from the school the the other one is going to for the same reason because they think the guy that the the other guy that was already at the school that's there now is better than me and I'm not going to play. So Justin Fields is leaving Georgia because Jake Fromm is better than him and he's not going to play. And and Tate Martell is leaving Ohio State because Justin Fields is going there, and he's better than him. He's not going to play. But since one guy is black, he gets to lie and say uh, I had a racial incident with a baseball player, which happened months before the season started. He stayed in school, played the entire season. His sister just in, just enrolled to go play softball at the school. But he gets to use that lie, that excuse. I'm going to call it. That's a scam. It's a scam and even put out a statement afterwards saying, you know, George is great with diversity. They really well either that either his either his statement is a scam or his charge against George is a scam. One of them's a lie. And he, but because he's black, he gets to use that to get immediately eligible to go to a place where he doesn't have to compete for a job. Tate Martell's not going to get to use that excuse. And that's like a that's like if you want to know hey, how do we get Donald Trump stories like what I'm talking about right here? Is how you get them. People are just tired of these double standards. They're tired of these lies. Well, the the intersectionality game is those lies are supposed to benefit people that look like Justin Fields, that look like Justin Fairfax. When they benefit people that look like Ralph Northam and the guys that look like Justin Justin Fairfax get thrown under the bus, oh, no, no, no. That's not, uh, no, 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 hell to the no. That's the difference here is all the white guys stay and the black guy has to go. That's 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 what makes this a lot different.
2: I, I agree. But if they have to swallow all of that somehow to salvage Virginia to get the presidency. But see, it's you the same see-
1: thing with Trump. I've always said Trump doesn't have to offend a lot of people to lose. Neither do they. I mean, they, 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 Trump only lost his state by like three or four points in the last election. There's not too many people. That have to just say I'm out I, of this. I,
2: I agree. That's the math. But you, you, it, you, I think would agree that it's not beyond them to have Fairfax ultimately kicked out, stage left, even if it's kind of murky on what actually happened to go and then to go out of their way to redeem Northam just to somehow salvage that state of in the name of the not. presidency. But
1: the problem is he's he can't redeem himself as you just saw in that performance.
2: Well, you just saw, but even G- Gail, she pushed back. On the um, on the fact that he didn't use the term racism, but do you think she would have allowed that open-ended beginning? Please tell us your story to somebody on the right? No way. No. Well, is it not, they,
1: but that only makes my point more. They're trying to, resu- to resuscitate yeah. him. He can't. He can't take it. He can't. Hey, when was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned? <laughs> if you're Ralph Northam, you might want to consider it about right now. Ah. Okay? King of segues, baby. All right. Do you have itching ears? if you know what I'm saying. No, not those kind, the other kind. Uh, or ear pain or that plugged up feeling. Are you constantly asking people to repeat themselves? If so, instead of getting a professional cleaning that costs a ton of money and is a long wait at a doctor's office, you can get all those benefits now in the comfort and convenience of your own home with Wax RX. You can even use it now without a prescription. No more expensive trips to the doctor. No more wasted time using cotton swabs or other solutions that don't really solve anything. Try the Wax RX system risk-free today. Just go to use RX. .com that's usewaxrx.com use the offer code radio at checkout and you will get free shipping that's usewaxrx.com offer code radio for free shipping at checkout there on the website usewaxrx.com we'll come back since Todd uh, he broached the subject Trump's post state of the union behavior we'll get to it next here on the blaze stay tuned <laughs> Homeowners, beware a data breach just exposed 24 million of you to title fraud, a crime that could cost you your home. If you've got a mortgage, a refi, a HELOC through a major bank, this breach may have put you at risk for losing every dollar of equity you've built up in your home, maybe even your home itself. uh, Because this data breach gave scammers the kind of information they need to steal your home's title. They can now forge your signature as a seller, uh, use that information to verify they are indeed you. Maybe refile your home under another name, take out loans on your home, and then stick you with the payments. Don't let that be your sob story. Your bank won't protect you. Identity theft protection, which you should have, won't protect you either. But for just pennies a day, Home Title Lock will. They'll put that virtual barrier around the most important and valuable investment most Americans will ever have, their own home. You can check now to see if you're already a victim. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register for your free Title scan and report. That's a hundred dollar value, but it's yours for free for being a part of our Blaze family right now at title Lock.com. That's title Lock.com. Let's welcome in our good friend, uh, Vander and from the family leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing well also. Aaron, you're, can I go back to your montage really quick? Yes. You, in your montage you have a Muslim member of Congress mm-hmm. calling for the defunding of the Department of Homeland Security
3: yeah it's no lie that's no a level lie. that's Work a level me.
1: of self parody it's like it's like it's like some commenter uh at Breitbart is literally writing her talking points now like that can't be true it's like a parody it's like it's like a conservative parody of what a Muslim member of Congress would say and it it's actually true. That can't be
2: true is pretty much everything. We, that, cover, I, we say know. that a lot. Yeah.
1: Right. Like it can't be true that John Kasich could make Elizabeth Warren. Hey, look, it's Fortnite. more <laughs> relatable, but he managed to pull it off. Yes. So Bob, let's get to the state of the union and I don't want to get your thoughts on the speech. We've, it's a week old. We've broken it all sure. down. Sure. Okay. Let's get your thoughts on the follow-up to the speech. and, and, whether or not this is a moment in time that lasts for five minutes, like most state of unions do. But every now and then there is one uh, that captures enough of the imagination. uh, And the man who gave the speech is able to stay on that message and cast that vision long enough for it to reset things. What's your, what's your sense on this president's ability to do that? Because I think the vision that he offered up is one that makes it possible for him to win given where the Democrats are going, if he can stay on that vision, 30 some odd states in the next election. Staying on that vision, though, given his personality, is also difficult and, and can cause backlashes uh, on the other side, as we just saw in the last midterm election. So what's your sense on where that's at right now? Are they doing it too early to tell? What do you think?
4: Well, it may be too early to tell, but the first thing I think he is actually doing, I think he's staying on message. And you're right. It's a message. I'll win in 2020, and that's what he need to do for that speech. And I think what you're seeing is a reaction from, you know, from his going to be opponents or his current opponents, whether that be Nancy Pelosi and Schumer in the Congress, or this Ortez lady in the Congress, or whether it be the so-called presidential candidates. I think you're going to see more stuff coming out that you just related to with Aaron's montage, where we're saying. Is that really true? How could that be true? Tell me that isn't true. Uh, but when you're when you're arresting uh, someone for calling a transgender woman, a man, when you're uh, calling on the defunding of Homeland Security, we're saying saying get rid of the private insurance companies across this country. What you're seeing is the left is exposing themselves like crazy after this speech. And I think they're doing more of a favor to Donald Trump's reelection campaign than even what Trump could do himself. So if Trump stays on message, and he keeps talking about unity and national security, and God's design for a culture of human life and economic prosperity uh, and a cease to the endless wars and those type of things, I think he wins. I'm with you, Steve, I think he wins, but I think a lot of it has to do with the way the reaction has been to this speech. I think it's only assisting and helping Donald Trump at this point. The reason why I think he can
1: stay on this message, I think he can win more convincingly than people think, is because I think it will raise the stature and respect level of his presidency. Um, I think his personality is a loss leader, and it's it's just not going to change. It, it's who he is. He's 70 years yeah. old. But if he can latch on to themes, as you like to say, uh... You know, look higher if he can latch on to transcendent themes that Americans love to rally behind while the Democrats are you know essentially vacating that space if not defecating on it as we speak, and he can own that by himself, then by extension i I think he can essentially hitch his wagon to those stars and raise the stature of his presidency by being seen as the only viable alternative or vehicle for those values of Americana again. This is why. I am begging everybody I know that works in this White House and has spent more than three seconds with Donald Trump that still is in contact with him. Do not let him have this, uh, this summit with North Korea. I think it's a terrible idea. And I will admit part of it is two things I can't abide. Wimps and horse pucky. I, I, I don't care what uniform they're from. I don't care what, who, whose DNA they are. I can't do wimps and I can't do horse pucky. All right, But the tweet he put out over the weekend about Kim Jong-un, I mean, that's, hey, uh, FDR from 1935. Uh, Mussolini makes the trains run on time. All right, I, I, Who cares about turning... Kim, do you want to make Kim Jong-un rich? Is that what you think is the... You think that's a good idea? Because I kind of would like to end Kim Jong-un. I don't understand this fascination with him, and I think that's the kind of stuff that's an unforced error that gives his opponents... Uh, to feed the narrative, you know, that he likes authoritarians, he likes despots. That's why he was Putin's stooge. There is literally nothing to gain for the American people. This isn't China where there are landlord There is nothing to gain for the American people uh, to slurp all over the head of North Korea. So why go and do it?
4: I couldn't agree with you more. And first of all, Steve, to your earlier point about staying on message, staying on vision, this is the NFL all over again where he has the American flag on his side Mm -hmm. and they're trying to rally around people that are taking a knee to the American flag, he's going to win that one. So when he's talking about economic prosperity or national security or even the culture of human life, people are going to rally around that and if they see the opponents either taking an opposite position to it or sitting on their hands when he's saying these types of things, he wins that one. But when it comes to North Korea, I mean, I have no idea why he is playing to that competition, to that level. We're the United States of America. We don't just lift somebody up like this and give him the stage that he so desires and puts him on equal footing as the United States of America. This guy's a thug, he's a murderer, he's done awful things, we'd like to end his reign, we don't want to give him tweets of compliments. Sure, you, you can you can bring him in with a little bit of honey, but this is, to me, it's a lost leader, it's one that, it's a it's a major trip up or could be a major trip up. After an excellent State of the Union speech where he just needs to stay on message right now.
1: Bob Vander Plaats from The Family Leader, our guest here uh, on The Blaze Live and On Demand here on The Steve Day Show. Friday is D-Day the 15th. That's when uh, this temporary resolution uh, op- reopening the government expires. Uh, the president's people were on uh, television over the weekend saying a shutdown is definitely not off the table. Let's start there. Do you really believe we're going to see another shutdown again?
4: Well, I do believe that uh, that Trump is, is dug in, saying, you know what, I'm not going to give in. I want the wall funding. Uh, you're seeing his tweets about saying, you know, this is unacceptable. These are non-starters in regards to the negotiations on the wall funding. I think that you could see a shutdown. I think the Dems have to give in in some way, shape, or form of saying, okay, we're willing to negotiate in good faith. We're willing to have border security. Don't call it a wall. Don't call it a fence. Don't call it whatever you want to call it. But call it border security of some type and give him some funding to keep the government open. I think what Trump might be looking at is if we shut down the government again, I think what it is it just shows the Democrats are not willing to negotiate at all. So I think, yes, I think it's a high likelihood you could see a government shutdown.
1: What would, if that's the scenario then, instead of just keeping it open, any issues in a, well, let me start with that. Which do you think is more likely, a shutdown or he keeps it open? signs a continuing resolution and issues an emergency declaration for the border, which, do you, which scenario do you think is more likely?
4: Well, well, at some point, if he's going to do an emergency declaration, we keep talking about the emergency declaration. I'm going to issue a national emergency because our Southern border is, is putting America at risk. If that is the case, that was true six weeks ago as it was six minutes ago. You better, I mean, I would say if that's the case, that's, you need to declare a national emergency today, mm-hmm. like now. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, and you want to move that route, keep the government open, that might be his best option. But if we keep playing the card of this is a national emergency, our nation's at risk, but we continue to allow it to take place, well, pretty soon that becomes negligence of leadership on his part, and I'm sure he doesn't want to go there. So it may be, let's keep the government open, but I'm going to do an, a state of emergency, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to take care of the border. On his terms.
2: All right.
1: So if we don't do a state of emergency, we have a shutdown instead. What's the leverage point for Democrats to give in when they saw the president cave? A couple of weeks ago, they're already out in the open of get their presidential candidates. You see, it doesn't matter what Nancy Pelosi says now because we're in the midst of a presidential race, you know. Right. And you, know, when you and I saw this in the Republican side in 2016. Mitch McConnell could decide that he wants. Mitch McConnell could decide he wants a certain agenda in the Senate. But with Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, and Rand Paul all running for president, they're going to decide really what the agenda is. And if Ted Cruz wants to shut the government down, he's, because it's good for his presidential campaign and because it's, he's making the right point, he's going to do it, whether Mitch McConnell wants it or not. So this is kind of out of her hands now. You've got multiple members of de- de- the Democratic Congress running for president. There's others that are kind of shadow running, like Beto O'Rourke, for example. And they're already out there saying, hey, no ice. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, We're not going to have uh, any private health insurance. Kill every kid you want whenever you want. I mean, they're, they're already, as you've pointed out, they're letting so many cats out of the bag now. I, I, don't, I don't know why would they be pressured to reopen the government for border security when they've already crossed the Rubicon on so many issues already as it is.
4: I think it's a very fair point. And I think what, what you're going to see is that especially the presidential candidates are going to be dug in and saying we are not going to give in to him. We're not going to give in to the border funding. It's not who we are, which is going to force Nancy Pelosi's hand. So maybe Trump should just, you know, offer up a national uh, emergency option. Uh, Let's engage down at the southern border and keep the government open and just point out to the Democrats, as you just said, they don't even want to fund ICE anymore. Matter of fact, they don't want to prosecute uh, illegal aliens who are criminals Mm -hmm. in our society. They don't want to deport them. And the more you start exposing who the Democrats really are, and and I think is what's happening, you're going to get more and more people like Eric Erickson that you saw this morning saying over three years ago, he went to hashtag never Trump. Uh, But now already he's saying I'm all in for Trump, whatever he needs. I'm all in. I still have issues with his character and other things, but I will not let our country go this way. The more they expose themselves, the more you're going to see a rallying around Trump, even from those who never thought they could go Trump.
1: Finally, you brought up, I thought a good point, which is if we have an emergency, then we had an emergency Six months ago, six years ago, six minutes ago. So why wait until Friday to declare one? We should have declared one all along. This goes back to what I said before the first shutdown, which is this is why, I, I, you know, to me, if there's no shovel in the ground, he, he Jimmy carter himself. You can't go on national television and tell people there's a, you know, a, you know your, your first Oval Office address is there's, there's a national security issue here, and then we're going to do nothing about it. So if you were in that White House right now advising the president uh, about the next few days and how to handle this uh, looming deadline, your advice would be what?
4: My advice would be, uh, we've talked on the show before about leaders reaching their Popeye moment. That's all I can stand, can stand it no more. And that uh, compels me to act. I think as early as today, well before Friday, he should say, listen, the Democrats are not negotiating in good faith. This is what they want to do to ICE. This is what they want to do to Homeland Security. Uh, We can't do this. I am issuing a national emergency. We're going to that Southern border. We're gonna commence the construction of a wall and electronics, whatever it is to deter people from trafficking over here. And I think he then just has to point out for who they are. So that would be my, my advice to him. You've reached your Popeye moment. You've given them opportunity to, to help you lead, to have a nonpartisan deal here. They're not willing to do it. So now I have to lead on my own. And I think the American people will rally around him. At least his base will. And that's what he needs to be most concerned about right now.
1: Bob Vanderplatz, and the family leader. Thanks for joining us here, Bob. Good to see you, man.
4: Thank you. God bless.
1: All right. God bless. Talk to you next week. Bob Vanderplatz brought to you by... Cosmo hurts kids. We like to support causes on this show about individuals uh, who see a problem, have the courage to take a stand, try to affect positive change to deal with it. And Miss Victoria Hurst is such a person and she's taking one of the toughest stances you could possibly take against her own family. Uh, She's part of the Hurst family as in William Randolph Hearst, they actually own Cosmopolitan Magazine. She's concerned about how it has gone increasingly adult in recent years while still marketing itself to uh, to young girls, daughters like Todd's, like mine. She's asking them, hey, let's practice some responsibility here. Maybe not censorship. How about stewardship? If you guys want to go down this road, if you basically want to be a glossier version of Playboy, I guess that's your decision. But then you should be shielded uh, and treated uh, with uh, as an adult magazine like Playboy boy is if you agree and you'd like to lend your voice to a cause. A lot of you ask me all the time, what can I do? I'm busy. What can I do? You know, with job kids, et cetera, go to Cosmo That's, that's at least one thing you can do right now to take a positive stand for change. Cosmo That's Cosmo Let's get some reaction. We heard from Bob Vanderplats, the advice he would give the president, which is, if we have a national emergency, don't wait until the next funding deadline Declare it right now while you have the moral high ground, because if it's an emergency, then why would you wait even more days to declare one? Your thoughts on that, Todd?
2: I was joking with Aaron earlier uh, before you came in, but th- th- this is why I'm giving up Donald Trump for Lent, I think, uh, expecting anything of him anyways. I, I that's, that's obviously transparently true, but we've spent a lot of time the last couple of years saying things that are obviously transparently true, uh, that just, and my Eric, Eric's that, that, that point there, I, I listen, don't begrudge anybody going one way or the other, but you, all of us are from moment to moment in a position where we are all in, uh, then the next moment we might be all out. Uh, there he's what, if he does it, here's what I guarantee. And the point I'm trying to get at it's, It's not going to be for those reasons and motivations, which is – he's not listening to us that way. He never has. There's another calculus that needs to be made to him to convince him to do it because it won't be because of what Bob says. It won't be because of what you say, Steve. It's just going to happen to be whatever Wimmy has at the moment that coincides with what we need.
3: Yeah, in many ways we are – we are we are almost like Javanka to him, uh, more more like Ivanka. Um, he she, she comes to him, we theorize, we don't know this, but we theorize that she comes to him and says, but daddy, and just to make that problem go away, he says, okay, 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 I'll give in, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. Uh, those rare times, though, when conservative media comes to Trump and says, Trump, you idiot, um, which is just our version of saying, but daddy, um, to Ivanka's. He'll just do whatever he needs to do to just get the problem to go away for a temporary amount of time. It is clear, especially, and I said this sec on Friday. I mean, uh, I thought maybe if he could raise the stakes, and you talked about this all last week raise the stakes of the viability and the respectability of the bully pulpit for more than just a speech, then this, you know, that could be a start of something that could potentially affect things in 2020, it's clear he is not able, not capable of possessing that bully pulpit, the moral high ground for an issue for more than 48 to 72 hours, unless it's just dropped in his lap, which the Democrats, got to hand it up to them, are more than able and willing to do. But he, in and of himself, just does not have the wherewithal to do that because he is just a compromised man. And we've been saying that over and over again. There's nothing more, nothing less we need to understand or try to um, try to predict about Trump other than he's a flawed man, a flawed man who can, in certain circumstances, be used as a proxy for us. In those certain circumstances, it's just really frustrating, though, to see it to pan out the way it does most of the time.
1: So we're going to come back and continue our study on the book uh, Truth Bombs. And I'm going to drop a truth bomb on Todd because I think he may have been a man ahead of his time. I'll explain what I mean by that here in a moment. Stay tuned. Back with Hour 2 here live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast version today, if you've got time to leave us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate that. Many of you have already done so. Thank you. But if you have not yet done so, if you have time, you know the more of those we get, the more likely we are to find more people like you. And then the more likely we are Uh, to get to stick around here. So leave us a five-star review, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify, whatever your podcast platform of choice is. And again, thanks to all of you that have already done so. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. I'm going to anoint Todd as a prophet here in a moment because I just had an epiphany, literally, right here in the middle of the show, all right? I'm not being trolled. No, okay. no, absolutely. you are not being trolled. I know. I've been known to set you I was guys up like that in the past, right? But no, this is this is for real. All right. But first, Aaron must humble brag.
3: That is darn skippy, Steve. So this weekend it was uh, cold and a little bit snowy again. So I dug out my uh, iTarget Pro system, got some uh, got some target practice in there, uh, and it was. Uh, it's always great because it's really cold outside. I don't want to go outside of my apartment because. Well, I have no life, but I just don't want to go outside my apartment because it's cold as well. So it's great to get some firearm training. I heard from uh, somebody who picked up the iTarget Pro this weekend because of what they heard from me here on the Steve Day Show and from all of us uh, advertising for iTarget Pro. And I don't know about you, but I got a head start on my tax refund. Got that in the mail late last week. And maybe if you've got a tax refund as well, that's something you can do Uh, With that tax refund is pick up an iTarget Pro system. Utilizing your smartphone, their proprietary app tracks a caliber-specific laser, which fits in your firearm and will detect exactly where your shots are landing. So take your firearm training to the next level with iTarget Pro. It's completely safe, comes with your caliber-specific laser target system and instructions so you can begin training immediately. So go to the letter itargetpro.com, check out the video, choose your caliber, and download the app so you're ready when the system arrives. This month, you can still get 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code STEVE when you purchase the iTarget Pro system save money, save time, take your skills to the next level safely and effectively. That's the letter itargetpro.com, offer code Steve, itargetpro.com, offer code Steve. And that listener I told you about, um, he is hoping to get his wife to use this, maybe improve her shot a little bit as well. Again, this is the type of skill that you can use. It's not only a little bit fun, a little bit recreational, but it could also save your life, itargetpro.com. Offer code Steve. All
1: right, we're going to continue on with our study of uh, my new book, Truth Bombs, in a moment. But I'm going to drop a truth bomb on you today because I had an epiphany as we were talking. And I'm not going to pull a a screaming A. Smith when I think I've clearly been proven wrong about something. I'm not going to like triple down and just own it. So I said a few weeks ago, that regardless of how the, the shutdown ended, whatever, whatever it took to make it end, if shortly after its ultimate resolution, shovels did not hit dirt, minutes, if not hours or days, but no longer than that, after the resolution, Trump's presidency is dead man walking. He Jimmy carter himself, right? Remember me saying mm-hmm. that? Here's what transpired after I said this. Two Democratic governors openly advocated, one legislatively, the other rhetorically, for open infanticide. Like, just open infanticide. We're watching the Democratic Party say, the white racists get to stay, but the black guy who hasn't been convicted of anything... Although I admit it doesn't look good, but he has not been convicted of anything. He's got to go. We have the only hijab-wearing member of Congress calling for the defunding of the Department of Homeland Security. It is I, – somebody I, – I posted about this on Twitter. One of my replies is a guy whose name is Boko Harambe. Oh.
2: oh.
1: Yes, You. You're better at this than us. We're going uh, to admit that, okay? Uh, who said, it? this is like a rejected 24 script. Yes, <laughs> he's right. Uh, the only hijab-wearing member of Congress is in office for a month and calls for the defunding of the Department of Homeland Security. Do you, know, do you know there's like nine commenters at Breitbart's website right now thinking, damn, why didn't we They're think of this?
3: stealing our stuff. They
1: didn't think of this. Okay. I mean, I could go on, no private insurance, that's good to go. I, that, we put in writing what, what our proposals really mean, and then when people take us at our word, we then lie for an entire weekend, that wasn't us. And oh, by the way, if it was us, we released it by a mistake, but still allow us to totally tell you how to live your life anyway. Here's the thing. For the longest time, we thought the outcome of the 2018 election was going to be determined by your axiom, which was what?
2: Do you I remember? Oh, well, I see what you're doing here. The one yeah. was dumbest last loses.
1: And then we got to about the middle of the year. And I started looking at the data and the, data and the trend lines. And I was like, you know, I think that may not be true because- You've got a Senate election pretty much happening in all the states Trump won and a House election pretty much happening in all the states the Democrats won. I wonder if we're just going to get down to the end of the year and we're going to look at the math and think this is probably how it was going to go all along. Remember we started having that? Yeah. And then we started having it more and more as we got closer to the election and we got to election day and what happened? Somehow the Republicans picked up two Senate seats while losing 40 House seats. That's not typically how this process works except for the balkanization of America and the, and, and the swing districts on the House side, that balkanization played to the Democrats' favor and the balkanization played to the Republicans' favor on the Senate side where the map was a bonus to them. And in the end, there was no amount of stupid that you could do because the map was just locked in. The math, the math wasn't gonna change, right? See, I think, maybe, I think maybe you were a man ahead of your time. I think this may end up being that whoever's dumbest last loses.
2: And those guys who were buying our T-shirts and they were complaining that we put 2018 on them because they said it's an evergreen. They were right. Yes,
1: I, I think. And the reason why is twofold. There's two reasons. One, Trump will be directly on the ballot now. So he will get to it. You know, we went through this in the Obama years where it was just about do you like his policies? His party got destroyed in 2010 and 2014. And then it was about, do you like him? And his party did great in 2008 and 2012. All right? It's the opposite with Trump. Do you like Trump? His party didn't do well in in 2018. When it becomes about, do you like his policies? And now he's going to be on the ballot to directly defend his record. So it's not just a one-way troll. And, you know, we've got that map. We keep showing the audience it's got how many gray states on that map? Aaron, do we have that handy by any chance? Let me get it real quick. Okay, I want to let's count the gray states on this map, which we think is the most realistic, if we're being as, as, as sympathetic as we possibly can. This is the map that we think looks, this is where the 2020 election begins. This is where we think Democrats have already won, regardless of how dumb they be, how who they nominate they have won these states and this is where we think republicans have won regardless of how offensive trump is how dumb they may be these are the states they've already won meaning it doesn't matter what either side does these states the balkanization here is locked in and therefore the the election's going to be decided in those space, those states that are shaded gray and I never thought in a million years Trump would be dumb enough to orchestrate a shutdown and then after doing so would have no plan for how to resolve it. And then would just cave out of nowhere so we could basically give a
3: State of the Union speech. Are you serious about that?
1: Yeah. Like I thought for sure they would have come up with a plan of how to resolve it once the shutdown took place. And then they wouldn't have just caved just to give a State of the Union speech. And then I thought Nancy Pelosi would never be dumb enough to let Trump cave to give a State of the Union speech so that he could then give a speech that would do exactly what it did. <laughs> All right. Which is, say, I'm the president for Americana. They're communists. But she did. And then there's everything that's gone down here the last couple of weeks. So we have the map. Let's count, count the gray. So we had Nevada, Arizona, two, Colorado, three, Iowa, four, Wisconsin, five, Michigan, six, Ohio, seven, oh. Pennsylvania, eight, New Hampshire, nine, Virginia, ten. And there were some people that told me I was wrong for keeping Virginia there in the gray. That you looks like a, right. I was, That looks like a pretty good call right about now. Uh, North Carolina at 11, Florida, so 12. Yes. Right? 12? That's what I have. All right. That's, that's, your, that's your murky dozen. Not your dirty dozen. That's your murky dozen. That the future of america is going to be determined in these 12 states and they're not the same they're not they're not murky for similar reasons colorado is not like iowa for example arizona is not like wisconsin for example florida is not like pennsylvania for example and the point of pointing that out is that there's you're going to have to it's going to be very difficult to to come up with a message that rallies all of those people in those 12 states simultaneously. And that's why I said there, when we introduced this map, there's two paths here. The first path is just give me the 270 and win. That's George W. Bush 2004, put a marriage amendment on the ballot in Florida and Ohio, and let's just you know get our win and get out. The problem with that strategy is I think the Democrats are going to make that strategy unachievable now. Because they're going to force the existential argument. As we talked about late last week, we talked about all last week, they're going to force the existential argument. People like me have wanted to have our whole careers and the Republican Party has done everything they can to put us down. Cheated against us in primaries, stabbed us in the back, lied about us, whatever they could. Sided with Democrats to help them take us out in general elections. They no, the Republican Party does not want to have this existential argument. Its donors are just making too much damn money. They want to keep the, they want to keep the gravy train uh, flowing. But the problem is the Democrats aren't going along with that. The Democrats want to have the trial for America. That's what they want to have, and they're going to force it. And so you can see in Trump's State of the Union speech last week, he took his cue from them. And didn't give, didn't give you, there was some of the laundry list of here's a bunch of policies that will likely never happen. We see in every State of the Union, there was some of him taking credit for the, the economy, which he would be politically malfeasant not to do. Because if the economy wasn't good and he was the president, he'd get all the blame, right? Okay. So there, we saw some of the traditional trappings of a State of the Union. But we saw something else, though, and that's the part that everybody keeps talking about. The It's the Americans' part. It's the, we're never going to be a socialist country part. It's the part where taking his cue from them saying, we we want to be Western Europe now. We want to be France now. We want to be a secular socialist democracy. That's what we want to be. And we're not hiding it anymore. Trump cast a clear, clearly stark vision. And that's the only way you can put all 12 of those gray states together. Is you have enough of a broad vision mandate that those 12 states, or at least a vast majority of them, say, we don't want to become that America. We're not signing up for that. Another way, another way of saying it is, instead of Reagan doing this with it's morning in America again, Trump doing this with, would you like it to be, to ever be morning in America again? Or would you like to say goodnight moon to America? Because that's where the Democrats are going. We'll get more into this on the Blaze Roundtable today, but that's what the Green Deal dream, that's what it's about. This, it was, this has never been about climate. It's been about replacing the American Western way of life. And they're making that pretty out in the open now. And so they have kind of forced him into whether he wanted to ever have it or not. They've kind of forced him into if he wants to be reelected, he's going to have to go bigger and go higher than Focahontas. He's going to have to go bigger and go higher than lock her up. He's going to have to go bigger and go higher than pick your preferred troll. And for about 30 minutes of his State of the Union address, I thought he rose to that occasion. I think that's the only argument he can win. And I think if he makes it, he can't lose. Because I don't believe while America is not ready to return to Jeffersonian republicanism, it's not ready to become communist either. We're having the 2020 election, not the 2032 election. 2032, 2028, they might be able to just nominate Ocasio-Cortez and run away with it if we don't have revival. And it wouldn't shock, shock me. It's why I've been saying revival or bust for the last seven, eight years of my career. But we're not having that election right now. We're having the 2020 election. And as things stand right now in 2020, this is not a country ready to full-fledged adopt everything you liked about Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek and none of the things that you did, okay? It's not ready to go there yet. It's not ready to put on the red shirt and beam down to the planet. Not ready yet. It might be soon, but not yet. So I think you were a man ahead of your time. The analysis I gave about the wall is null and void. They have they have they have engaged in a level of stupid. And by that, I mean, honesty. Um, They have they have engaged shameful nakedness that. uh, You know, I've tried my whole career to get these guys to be honest about what they really believe. And now they're just out there just tossing caution to the wind. (laughs) All right. So if that's how we're going to play, then remember when I said Trump coming off as a weak leader? changes the math on how much left people are willing to put Mm -hmm. up with from the Democrats. Well, in this symbiotic relationship, the math has to, when, when two plus two equals four, two plus two, the other way still has to equal what? Four. Four. The math is, it's not real math if the formula only works one way. So if three plus two equals five, two plus three must also equal what? Five. Five. So just as Trump looking weak, This is why I'm all over this North Korea thing right now, because there's no way he won't look weak. And the weaker he looks, the more leftism the country will be willing to tolerate as a result. But if we're going past leftism now to America spelled with a K and we're busting out hammers and sickles, well, the math works the other way, too. The more hammer and sickly they get, the more of Trump's act folks will be willing to tolerate, it's a symbiotic relationship. So if you want Donald Trump to be reelected, here's what would be the worst strategy. Fluffer duty. The stronger of a leader he looks, the less of this of this of this radicalism from the left the American people will tolerate. Because there's no point in He has to be seen as a strong leader if you want him to be seen as the repudiation of this, right? I mean, why would you run for cover with somebody you don't believe has what it takes to protect you from this? The stronger of a leader he is, the more badass of a leader he is perceived to be, the more of his trolling and other things people don't like they will put up with because they will see him as the vehicle to repel this over here they clearly do not want. So the symbiotic relationship works both ways here. Which means, I think this is actually now. The whoever's dumbest last loses election. This one is. You were just out of your time, man.
2: I'll take it. It, Of course, while it worried me last time, it pretty much terrifies me this time. I mean, good grief. It's going to be really appallingly... Dumb Steve. John Kasich
1: Kasich doing hot yoga? Didn't uh, raise your IQ level? No?
2: So what, so in that vein, A, how do you explain the weekend when this is so obvious and the the, the same people advising him are writing a speech for him and there he is this weekend and B, it seems like in terms of going into another shutdown versus just Declaring the emergency, it seems obvious on the face of what you're saying that it, forget the shutdown, call the emergency. Yeah, I, I don't.
1: Based on this, the other part is easily explicable.
2: He's Donald Trump.
1: You're, we're not the Holy Spirit. We're not. He, he's not going to change, you know. And so you have to understand that um, your your power hitter is going to strike out a certain amount of time swinging for the fences. You just hope that he connects enough times to justify it. And when, the, and when the ratio doesn't work in your favor, you lose. When it does, hey, as long as he may strike out, he gets four ABs. If he strikes out three of them, but one of them's a three-run homer, your chances of winning are pretty high. If he strikes out all four, though, that's, that is the reality of life with Donald Trump. And I don't see that changing. The other part, then, is you need advisors who don't try to change him but try to accentuate the strengths he brings to the table. All right? Where Trump's at his best is when he has an immediate battle and foil. So give him battles. All right? I would not do the shutdown. Because if, if, now the Democrats are so out in the open crazy. What leverage could he bring that would get them to cave at this point on anything? Why
2: would they do it? I don't,
1: yeah. I don't know what it no. would be.
3: Make, make the courts your foil.
1: Yes, that's my See, point. Pick that fight. Go there instead.
2: Okay, well, Donald Trump was convinced by these advisors to give that speech that your analysis says he desperately wanted yet then is incapable of listening to them in terms of the long view, which brings me up to forget Eric Erickson specifically, but people like him doing that, isn't it? If this is for real, it's it's got it's been it's more about our shows or blogs. Don't more people like him ultimately to volunteer and say, Sign me up, like it actually become part of the administration, and I really it, it, because he's clearly it, we need a different brand. You to your point, we the need a different yes. brand of advisor. Yeah, and I don't even know if you'll listen to him
1: then. I, the answer to that question is yeah. I I don't think you'll again ever see a president more reliant on who his immediate advisors are for what vision he casts. Because we'll likely never see somebody whose worldview is as amorphous, whose personal politics are as undefined, and whose personality is as enigmatic, as a, as a total combination. I mean, Bill Clinton's uh, principles were uh, rather amorphous, all right? But I, I mean the, the combination of these things at all times. Mm-hmm. You are really dealing with a whirling dervish. You're really dealing with a Tasmanian devil kind of a character. And so you're dealing with somebody who is a lot of times going to be is going to be heavily influenced by the last person he respects and what they said, the last story he heard that got his attention. And you know, often the great management and great coaching is not trying to get people to do um, what they can't do, but get them to be the best at what they actually are. You know, and use that to your advantage, because while it's incredibly frustrating on our end. If you had a good team of advisors who harnessed that, can you imagine how devastating he would be just, tr- pardon the pun, trumping all of their fake narratives that they get together in their editorial meetings at 4 a.m. and say, this is the story we're going to tell America today? And if he just, could, if, if you could channel that in a way where he was just smashing those chivalrous of the damned on a regular basis. Now, the reason he doesn't have that staff is because a lot of conservatives like us didn't think because of his lack of moral character he was right. worth but the gamble. But if they're
2: entering the pool now. But if you're
1: entering it now based on what he's actually done. Right. And, and Eric did say in his tweet today, he's happy to help and do whatever he can on the campaign trail. Right. Then I, I think that um, it's at least debatable. And I understand if there are still people that are holdouts. But it's at least debatable that he has tried or actually delivered on enough things we care about. That he's worth the investment risk. Especially when you consider the alternative market now. That, were, that, that And this is what I wrote for Conservative Review over the weekend. The 2020 election isn't about Donald Trump. The Democrats have let this be known that the 2020 election is about their attempt to finish their jihad against Americana. That's what it's about. And I'm, I'm, and I'm not making – I'm just taking their words. I mean, I'm the guy that's railed against the lesser of two evils my entire career. I haven't changed my mind on any of that. I also don't ignore a home invasion when a guy comes through my front door and points a gun in my face and threatens my family at the same time. You know, that's kind of where the Democrats have gone now. They, they, I mean, they've bought both barrels. You know I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I I'm not. How am I just like in 2016? I'm like, you guys just want me to ignore everything we know about this guy. Well, now in 2020, I'm kind of like, you guys just want me to ignore everything we know about these guys. <laughs> you know, it works both ways. You know, and if the math comes down and you're like, I just can't, I can't, the guys, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm here to just tell you where my mind is going, where my mind is thinking. I can't deny when someone has declared war on me. This isn't about Donald Trump. This is about me and my self-interest. This is a transactional process. And and like I wrote for Conservative Review this weekend, I'd much rather have Aragorn in in charge right now. And I think kind of, I kind of think Pip and Mary are. But if Pippin Mary is the last thing standing between me and Sauron, you know, in the past we kind of thought, what would happen if Sauron opened the Black Gate? And we always theorized about it. It ain't theory, guys. The gate is open. The orcs are coming.
3: I hear the Nazgul in the background. No doubt,
1: man. (laughs) Yes. So we're not theorizing now. We're not philosophizing. We're not not doing math. We are doing real. The the Black Hordes are coming over the Mountain Doom. So it, it, it's kind of a fight or flight point from for, for my perspective. You know, I, I don't really even I don't even necessarily care who the general is right now because this is a threat against my way of life and my family. Um, that's the war that has been declared. So when we when I when I when I express my frustration. About him as a weak leader. When he when he he projects weakness like he does with North Korea, it's similar to me expressing frustration with Jim Harbaugh. Yes. Yeah. It's not that I don't want him to win. It's that I do help me. Yes. Help help me help you. I know most people are wired to come up with reasons why they're being screwed and that's why they lost. I understand that. I'm not wired that way. I don't know why. I have some suspicions. Maybe that's just the way God made me. I'm more wired about why don't we do right now what it would take so we don't have to make excuses later. That's how I'm wired. It's also I don't have a lot of friends. And it's why a lot of people are perfectly happy with me living in Iowa so they're not around me a lot. Because most people aren't like me. Most people are like, we'll just do the best we can, and then when it doesn't work out, we'll be like, uh, we got screwed. They stole the election, the refs, the media. Uh, there's, there's always a victim card. Got some br- I would rather win.
3: Yeah, we got some breaking news here. There's another video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez dancing. Just thought you should know about that. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I, I want to beat these guys. You know? But slurping North Korea doesn't help the cause. You know. Like running the ball on third and 14 doesn't make it, it, doesn't help the cause. It's bad enough your IRS problems ruin 2018. Don't let them ruin 2019 as well. Consider what's at stake when the IRS has you in its sights, your paycheck, your bank account, your business, even your own home. You're smart. So no better than to deal with the IRS on your own. You need help. And you need help from the best. Optima Tax Relief is America's number one tax resolution firm. They know that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, paychecks, and bank accounts to protect. When you engage Optima to fight for you and protect what's yours, you're getting a proven, award-winning team. Call for a free consultation while you still have options right now. 800-699-6140. That's 800-699-6140 for Optima Tax Relief 800 699 6140. When we come back here live and on demand and on the blaze, we'll take on the first, we'll confront the first lie we conservatives believe to our own demise. Stay tuned right here to the Steve Day Show. <laughs> Hey, if you're thinking of going through the expensive process of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, before you do, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 is an amazing pet stain and odor remover with water. It breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. It's got an antibacterial component that removes pet stains and odors from carpeting and even the padding. And it can be used in carpet cleaning machines. It's green, so it's safe for your family as well as your pets. You can even use it as a household cleaner, even for those granite Uh, countertops in the kitchen uh, as well oil grease stains before you purchase new carpet you must try genesis 950 Uh, if you order a gallon direct right now at genesis950.com you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code blaze using code blaze you'll get a discount again genesis950.com is the website genesis950.com and use discount code blaze when you go there to genesis950.com. All right, let's get to this week's continuing study of my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies, Conservatives Believe, To Our Own Demise, Endorsed By, there you can see, uh, Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, Matt Walsh, lots of names bigger than me. That's why I needed their help endorsing the book to convince more of you to read it. Uh, Available everywhere, but uh, you can buy yours at Amazon.com right now. My kids are counting on you. They're thinking Disney for Christmas, yo. Uh, and if you have had a chance to buy the book, and if you like it, if you don't mind leaving us a five-star review at Amazon.com, we appreciate those as well. And thank you to all of you that have already done so. So last week we talked about kind of the introduction and, and inspiration for the book, gentlemen. This week we're going to start now going through the process of uh, confronting some of these lies. Uh, and start with lie number one, the Republican Party is our rightful home. Here's the truth bomb response. Political parties may be the single most corrupting influence ever devised by mortal man. Gentlemen, I now turn it over to you.
2: Well, I found fascinating in this. I gave up on the whole uh, Hunger Games thing after the first movie. I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't think it was great. And I haven't kept my promise to myself yet. But you used the Hunger Games example in this chapter. Mm Mm-hmm. To flesh out the now, I think it's for those who have seen it. I think it'll be really helpful because it was helpful for me, in as much as I know what it's, it's about to to describe, to put flesh on the blown of what you're talking about. So there's no point in me going on. What do you mean by why the Hunger Games describes what you're talking about? If you watch
1: the way that the Hunger Games evolved as a franchise, and the first two movies are great. And the next two movies would have been great if they would have kept it to just one movie, but they went in for the cash grab. And so instead of making a third great movie, they made too many Joker ones uh, and split it up into two stories. But one of the things that—and spoilers—if anybody hasn't seen this series of movies or read these best-selling books yet, okay, three, two, one, all right. So you've been warned. Uh, what you end up finding out is the resistance that um, Katniss Everdeen is a part of is a false flag operation. And that the district that was thought to have been decimated by President snow uh, has has been ex- in existence all this time and is actually who is running it, it just went underground and it's actually running all the resistance against president snow and it's run by a woman named Alma Coin, I believe is her name and uh, she actually her big issue with President Snow is not that she doesn't uh, and she you know um, rallies around the flag, covers herself in patriotic imagery, talks about freedom and liberty in all of her speeches. But when you get down to it, her big issue is, they, she, her and her people want the levers of power to work for them and their interests instead. That they have, they, this is Animal Farm. That it, it, The Hunger Games is a retelling of Animal Farm. And they look from man to pig and pig to man and back to pig again, and they couldn't tell the difference and and the true patriots that katniss everdeen inspired were being used as pawns the entire time they were used they they basically cynically rallied them on their virtue and principles in order to help them acquire power that snow had taken away from them many years ago and that they just wanted control instead so um, on
2: some level and I'm not using this as a pejorative, but as a descriptor. They were useful idiots on some level. Yes. They, 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 their patriotism patriotism was such that they weren't wise as serpents as yep. well.
1: Yep. And so what happens is, everdeen originally goes home, which is such a metaphor for conservatives voting Republican. Get all worked up, all worked up. We got to vote Republican, got to vote Republican, got to vote, get him in the power. And you're like, uh, we voted 50 times to repeal Obamacare. Why, why aren't we doing it? Why are we still giving you money to Planned Parenthood? Why are we doing temporary tax cuts? Uh, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's just the conversation. But we've had these conversations for years. This was just the the version of it we had after the last time we gave them power. <clears throat> and a lot of times, just go home. You know what? I did my job. I voted. We got rid of the bad, evil, lefty guys. Professors, er, President Snow has gone. I did my job. Whatever. They're going to do whatever they want to do. Except in this movie, she decides... At the end, eh, she ain't going out like that. And she kind of decides, since she's the one that uh, you know, made the mess, she's gotta clean it up. So she takes Alma Coin out. <laughs> That's what she does. And she says, you know, I'm not gonna be history's punk. I'm I'm not gonna be the next um virtue pick, you know, driven by virtue, patriot to be used by a false flag operation. <clears throat> Let's just completely hit the control alt delete button then. And that's why I think these movies are a metaphor for the relationship between conservatives and the Republican Party.
2: Well, that brings me to my next question. It's fascinating that you compare uh, that movie uh, to Animal Farm and you hear the truth bomb at the beginning. Political parties may be the single most corrupting influence ever devised by mortal man. You alluded last week, I believe it. Was during our other discussion that this is what the founders—it's mm-hmm. the very thing they warned and hit the table about—and then they went off and formed yes. their own party. So, in uh, if there is nothing new under the sun, all we have is the hope of who 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 is our Catholic uh, our cat. Is Everge- ever forgive me? What is yeah. going to be? To just throw, you basically have to throw the rules out the window yeah. to bring good. Yeah. The rules are always, in American history, win, the greatest, but this is yeah. the greatest governmental enterprise of freedom ever devised by man, and we still can't win? That's what you're telling us within well, the system. can't
1: or won't. Here, here's the thing. We cannot win playing this game by their rules. That's just not even a debatable point. Who's they? Uh, the system by the systems rules, by those who profit off of the status quo as it is. I mentioned last hour um, that we're going to have this existential, or maybe it was even earlier this hour, we're going to have the existential debate. People like me and you in our audience, the the mini Katniss Everdeen's have thought we were going to have this this real sh- existential showdown, and every time we go to have it, the Republican Party knifes us in the back. Well, the Republican Party is an irrelevant is an irrelevant mechanism in this exercise now because professor snow is not hiding now he is out in the open there's no patriot he, he is out. this is an open conquest now and, and to many of your credits you're getting this. I mean, there's a reason the last two candidates left were Donald Trump and Ted Cruz out of a 17-person field. It was almost like most of you just started your vetting process with, just tell me who the system hates the most and who Fox News is trying to convince me right now has to be the nominee who's electable. And I'm, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going with that, against that. I mean, I remember going to D.C. in 2014. And it was right after Joni Ernst had run her, her, her squeal ad. And I was having some meetings with conservative leaders in D.C. And, of course, everybody wants to know right away, hey, what, who's got an early read on Iowa? And I happen to mention, you know, I, right now I mentioned a few names. I, whenever I said Ted Cruz's name, visceral reaction. Like, like physical, re, re, like garlic on doors. Signs of – guys, I was with the conservative leaders in D.C. And they are like, oh, I, 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 no, no. I mean, tell me more about uh, Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush. And I remember I was writing for the Washington Times at that time. I came back home to Des Moines and I wrote a column and I'm like, the Republican Party endorses Ted. I, and finally I started telling these people, you know if I went back to Iowa and told them that the candidate, most Iowans don't know who Ted Cruz is right now. If I went back to Iowa and told them, hey, this is the guy everybody in D.C. hates the most, we didn't the Iowa caucuses right now. Because that's how much you're hated the most. All of you here in District 1, the Capitol. So our people are getting this to an extent. Now they feel hamstrung like, hey, there's only so much we can do. That's why there's so much hope in Donald Trump for a lot of our people. Because in their minds, he is a third party candidate in many respects. That's why they're not as upset about him talking about Javanka care and 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 you know, family medical leave and, and infrastructure projects that when past Republicans talked about them, they got upset about some of it's cultic. And we were one of the first shows to ever identify that. But there's another dynamic here too, which is this guy will listen to me. And that's like rule number one. That's, that's rule number one of a relationship. Do you care what I think before we start argue, before we start talking about the other things we don't agree on, do do I, do you even care what I think? And Trump does. That's why they give him more rope than a Mitt Romney that they figured out doesn't care what I think, just wants to use me for a vote. Or a John McCain or George W. Bush, who's just a nicer version of those guys. So our people are beginning to get that. The argument becomes, what is the alternative to the current system? Right. And that, you know, the book gets into some of that a little bit later on. Aaron.
3: How far are you willing to take the Hunger Games uh, metaphor, analogy, whatever is more proper to use in this context. How far are you willing to take that? Because uh, to the point of the mocking, it, it, it
1: doesn't get me fired.
3: <laughs> because uh, what you're talking about essentially is before something like you just said. How far are we willing to go to, um, or what you know, what changes the system in order to actually have one that works for us and not the people who just want the power to have the system benefit themselves, which is the situation that we're currently in. As mm-hmm. you just articulated. Uh, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed if you take that analogy uh, far enough, or uh, metaphor. Let's settle in on that word. If you take that metaphor from the Hunger Games far enough, because that Mockingjay, that was, um, you know, that was one uh, win, that was one battle uh, victory, but the war was just starting. And in that uh, metaphor as well, there is a lot of bloodshed. And if we are in the same situation where it is too late. Um, to actually have the system work for us, because they're just pitting us against each other for their own benefit, um, then I don't see any other way. And we talk about the, and we talked about this extensively over the last couple of weeks, the Archduke Ferdinand mm-hmm. moment. Um, mm-hmm. I don't foresee any co- any seismic shift in the way that our system works. And we we need to be very sober when we have this conversation because we don't we don't want to throw throw terms like these around willy nilly. Obviously, show obviously so. We are getting very close to the moment I believe, and from what I'm hearing you say, I can make no other. Other conclusion that we are getting very close to the moment where there will not be a solution, a final solution to what we see as the ills of our society and our culture without a lot of bloodshed. Do you agree with this? Disagree with that based Um, on on this conversation?
1: I, I agree that if we don't see revival, civic or spiritual and or spiritual, that is likely how this will end because that's history. I've said before, there has never been a peaceable transfer of values and, and, and personal assets on an existential level within a culture and human history. And there won't be one in this one either. All right? You know, the, the reason we're having these conflicts, you want to know why they arrested a woman for getting a, a pronoun wrong in London? But they won't do that in Birmingham because they own guns in Birmingham. I mean, the reason we have these conflicts is is because the American left pushed to turn us into Western Europe before they confiscated the guns and the church completely shut itself down like what it did in Western Europe, where, you know, some of the great Catholic churches of yesteryear are now mosques and 2% of the population of France is evangelical. There's little resistance to this. And even there, they have uprisings in the streets. We had those late last year, remember. Well, here we got a lot of guns and a lot of churchgoers. So there's going to be a whole lot of people who aren't just going to instantly say, yeah, Das Vandanya, America. Okay. So our founders anticipated this and they gave us elections so that we would use them to fight civil war in America. That's what they are. Elections are supposed to be how we conduct civil war in America so that we don't have this spill out on the streets like has happened in every other civilization.
3: You're going back to your um, War yes. for patriots.
1: And that's this book is to be the prequel to that. Yes. But, but we – our side doesn't fight them that way. For many of the lies we bought that – we do this for esprit de corps. We need a more electable Republican. Um, we – we do all these things we buy every lie that screws us in the end. And we and the and, and the only pr- and the proof of this is we're going to finally get the showdown many of you have wanted all these years and you're only going to get it cuz the democrats are forcing us. The republicans would cut any deal imaginable. They would do amnesty and register 20 million illegals to vote democrat forever tomorrow if they could. But the Democrats are like, 20 million is not enough, we want 50 million. In fact, we just want perpetual open borders and you know anybody gets to come and can vote whatever they want, however they want, however many times they want. And if you don't, if you don't allow that, you're a racist. So the Democrats are going to give us the debate we've all wanted Republicans to have on our behalf all these years they were never interested in because the K Street money is so damn good. You're going to get it now. So if understand... If we allow this thing to get to the point that it devolves to what Aaron talked about, we failed. Because our founders gave us every mechanism they don't have in the Hunger Games. They don't have free speech. They don't have religious freedom. They don't have private gun ownership. They don't have the sorts of things we were given and was passed down to us to avoid this moment happening. Free and fair elections. They weren't given those things.
2: Taught. Well, we we allow that to happen, as you said, because the title lie number one: the Republican Party is our rightful home. Why do so many on whatever the right is hold that as their trump card instead of freedom and liberty is my rightful home instead of the church is my rightful idolaters
1: home. of a party. That's why yeah. Yeah. I just wanted you to say that. out loud. the Republican Party is an idol. Though. That's why. That's that's why Cause, because 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 they and they and yeah, this will be. The- Scene. Yeah, we will get to this much more detail in a lie later on, but there, uh, there's there, too many of you give the Republican Party more flack than you give their own children when they act out. Something's not right about that. Change. You don't have a relationship with the Republican Party any more than you have a relationship with your mortgage lender. Your mortgage lender just happened to be the one that approved you. It's a transaction. And that's what the Republican Party needs to be. Purely transactional. Have a relationship with people you know and you love and love you back. This is transactional, baby. Hey, if you're running low on energy, I have to suggest. I I use this all the time. I used it when I got back from Dallas and I was jet lagged and everything else. I popped in from dawn to dusk. And I was able to go ahead and not fall asleep on the wife for date night the other night. I'm a huge fan of this. It's an all-natural energy supplement. doesn't have 9,000 ingredients, 8,999 of them you can't pronounce. No crashes. I still got to bed at a decent time. I didn't have any come-downs or anything of that nature. I use this thing on a regular basis. I would highly recommend it. And now you can visit BrickHouseSteve.com. And you can get a bottle of this groundbreaking formula for 15% off your first order if you use promo code STEVE when you go. BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code STEVE, 15% off of your first order. From dawn to dusk, they got a lot of cool supplements there, but this is the energy one that I highly recommend. From dawn to dusk at BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code STEVE to get 15% off of your first order. Gentlemen. Excellent
2: conversation today. Good to have you back in the seat.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunately, we must now we must now go back out into the winter. Our Blaze Roundtable today with the Green Dream, with the Green Vision is really about hint has nothing to do with climate. Until tomorrow, John three seventeen.